0: Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast.
1: All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Hey, thanks for joining us today. When you have a chance. When you have a chance, do me a favor, check us out at consumerguide.com. While you're there, check out our 2023 Best Buy picks. If you're shopping for a car, you'll find this list super handy. And and if you've missed back episodes of the podcast, which is unforgivable, you can stream them right there on our homepage. All right. She's the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. She's a North American Car of the Year juror. Her freelance work can be found all over the internet. And she's back after a whirlwind four-continent <laughs> tour. Hey, Jill.
2: Hey, I feel like it's been four-continent tour. It's certainly been a five-state uh, tour.
1: It's been a while.
2: It has been a while. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm tired. Are you? I'm really tired. I probably slept 12 hours a night since I got home on Thursday. How
1: is your April looking?
2: Um, empty, blessedly empty. Oh, good. I was actually supposed to go to the New York Auto Show this week and turned it down.
1: The schedule looks a little light. Yeah, some big news, but otherwise kind of light. I yeah. don't know that I would fly there for that.
2: Uh, you know, I would because I like to see you're the cars. Crazy. I'm crazy like that because I like to see the cars in person. And you like I like the to miles. touch things, and I like the miles. Yeah. Although I, I, it looks like I might be going back to Sweden again, so I'll get all the miles that I need. To What's in Sweden? Volvo. Oh. Volvo is located in Sweden. Did Volvos you know Volvo's in
1: Sweden? No, no, never heard that. <laughs> Volvo. Yes. I thought they were German.
2: Uh, no, they are not German. Okay. They are not German. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like I've been like around the world and back, and finally finally in studio. Finally in studio this week.
1: Do you remember when Ned Carr was building Volvos?
2: No, no, I do yeah, not know no, who Ned Car. They were Carr briefly is. Dutch. Okay. They
1: were doing the Dutch thing, and obviously they do the China thing.
2: I, I remember the Ford thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I do not remember the Ned thing.
1: Yeah, that's all right. No one does. <laughs> got it. All right. Before my time. So you're good? You're back?
2: I'm good. I'm back.
1: Uh, you're drinking what now?
2: I've got a Haritos. And <laughs> it is a mandarin orange. That's good stuff. Haritos soda. It is a very good stuff. It's nice and appropriately fizzy. It's sweet but not being too sweet.
1: So here's a commercial accessibility thing. Did you need the bottle opener? I think you did.
2: Uh, That's
1: not a twisty.
2: It is not a twisty. As I'm looking at it right now, it is not a twisty.
1: That's weird. Why would they do that?
2: Because they want you to use a bottle opener. They're keeping somebody in a job by making (laughs) bottle openers. I don't
1: know. But you, you buy one <laughs> bottle opener, and you have it for the next 75 years. I mean, you I don't, don't sell a well, lot of them. Well, I don't
2: know. I, I, lose, I lose my bottle openers. I probably had, like, didn't the Midwest Automotive Media Association give us bottle openers once from Road America? Did they? At a, one of our rallies.
1: Is that something they want to encourage?
2: But I'm just saying, <laughs> I think we got one, and I have no idea where it is, yeah, so I, I don't lose know. Them. I don't know
1: what this is. I brought this from home with your Haritos. Yes. And it's a... Uh, it's very old, I think.
2: It's it's very, it's not even like labeled or anything.
1: No. No. It's got a barcode on it. Can't be that old. <laughs> All right. So you're good?
2: I Yes. Are you good?
1: I'm tired. Uh, you are also tired. We won't tired. go into this, but I was learning how to use QuickBooks last night.
2: I apologize. And last night
1: became this morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, my husband is going through a similar process right now. So I empathize. I uh, will do not go through that process. Also, so. my
1: daughter, this is very complicated because mm. my daughter is student teaching. Mm. So she's earning income mm-hmm. that has to be accounted for.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Crazy stuff. Later in the show, Tim Esterdahl. Yes. You know this guy?
2: Do I have to claim him? No. <laughs> he's my boss. I guess I kind of have to claim him.
1: <laughs> From Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, Tim Esterdahl, he's going to be here talking about uh, midsize. Yes. Midsize pickups. Yes. We mentioned this. I like to call them small pickups.
2: And, uh, yeah, see, when I hear the word small pickup, I think of Maverick and I think of Santa Cruz.
1: Yeah. I think of the Ford Courier and the Chevy Love.
2: Yeah, I got nothing there. Okay, don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> so where you been? What have you been driving?
2: Um, I have been driving a lot of things. So uh, the Mazda CX-90, which uh, the embargo lifted on that today. So um, I drove that. The Ionic 6 from Hyundai. So which... just
1: real quick on the CX-90, is it nice? Yes. Okay. I I, 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 I kind of it. expected it to be.
2: Um, I really loved it. So, it we, so, full disclosure, I'm a Mazda fangirl. I like pretty much everything yeah. Mazda has ever done. Yeah,
1: I have owned Mazda's, full disclosure. Uh, uh, disclosure.
2: But I I think they knocked this one out of the park. I mean, I, I love the flexible configurability of the seats. So, they have six, seven, two, seven, and one, eight passenger configuration. So, they have two different seven passenger configurations with bench seats in the middle or a bench seat in the third row.
1: Sort of minivan-like.
2: Um, kind of minivan-like, and uh, but they, they've got a lot lot of seating configurations a lot of options you know i think all in if you look at the top tier turbo s trim with the high-end engine and all of the whistles and bells you're looking at about sixty thousand dollars and that means like heated and ventilated seats in the second row which i think you and i both recently drove the cadillac escalade which did not have that
1: so 60k Mm -hmm. you're nudging premium
2: yep you and are. that's what they want to do yep
1: so the big question the open question and and neither one of us can answer now but we can certainly speculate yep will people buy sixty thousand dollar mazdas
2: i think they will probably opt more likely for the middle of the road yeah. um and, and so here's here's one of the interesting things that mazda has done and they and they they and they do this across most of their vehicles where if you have a like the top tier turbo engine you they request that you put premium fuel in if you would like to get the full horsepower.
1: They do that across the line, I think. They do,
2: except... So here's what I thought was really interesting. The base turbo engine, so it's a a 3.3 liter inline six-cylinder engine, but they have a base, like, non-S turbo version. Um, the horsepower there is the same with any fuel. Oh, And so um, so I think actually that has the potential to be pretty popular, assuming it doesn't drive badly. We did not have the option to drive the base powertrain. We drove okay. the plug-in hybrid, and we drove the Turbo S, and I loved the Turbo S. Okay. Um, so and premium
1: powertrain. So, yeah. If there's been a knock on Mustang, uh, Mustang, Mazda... <laughs> Mustang. What, what Where did that come from? Did I mention it was up late?
2: Uh, yes. Yes you did.
1: <laughs> it's it's that their their fours are a little throbby. They're okay. sporty, they're powerful. Yeah but maybe a little throbby. So a nice six, a nice Mm -hmm. line six could fix things.
2: Yeah. So I'm really excited to look at the base powertrain. The interior fit and finish of this vehicle is amazing. They've done a great job with the stitching. They've got um, wireless Apple CarPlay. They still have the Mazda infotainment system that, you know, is a bit of a turnoff for some people. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Uh, Once you get used to it, it's not bad. And the fact that they have um, a touchscreen for the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto makes it a little bit more livable. Uh, What else is there to say about it? I, I mean, it just, it, it drives like a Mazda. I really enjoyed it. Well, that's
1: always a good thing. Yeah. Mazda's always ride and handle great. Yeah. That's the thing they nail.
2: I guess I should point out, this is replacing the Mazda CX-9. Right. So, like you do- Kind of unloved. Yeah. But if if you even remotely liked that vehicle, you will love the CX-90. That is my prediction.
1: Yeah. Different things, though, entirely, right? Because the CX-90 is default rear-wheel drive, right?
2: Well, it is standard all-wheel drive with a rear-wheel drive bias. Yeah. And uh so and it's a little bit longer, a little bit wider, a little it's just a little bit bigger than yeah, the CX-9. Good as well. looking. It is it is very handsome.
1: 60k, we'll see. Yeah. But you said it could come in cheaper.
2: Yeah, base price I want to say is about 40.
1: All right. So what yeah. else you have been driving?
2: Um do you want to talk I- Ionic 6? Sure. Uh yeah, so the embargo on that lifted uh, this week as well and uh, I drove so this is the all new all electric sedan With from Hyundai. With some funky styling. With some really funky styling. And, How is the
1: funky styling up close? Uh,
2: You know, it it's pretty cool, actually. Uh, and, if, it, if
1: people remember the Porsche 928, and they should, yeah. this kind of looks like a stretched four-door version of the 928, which is, I like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it, 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 it's funny because they referenced Porsche in in the the preview when we were, um, you know, the executive preview, and they're they're funny. They were like, "Well, a lot of people says it looks like a Porsche, but here's the thing: aerodynamics is aerodynamics, you know." And so, well, that's you, true. They they did what they did to the Ionic Six for the sake of aerodynamics.
1: It's funny you would say that because one of the things that if you ever talk to an old guy, a little bit older than me and maybe crankier, mm. he'll tell you that all cars. Wait, look there's the somebody
2: same. crankier than you.
1: Kirk Bell. Our oh, friend you know Kirk Bell. Actually,
2: 100% correct. Maybe we'll have him on the discussion. <laughs> shout out to our
1: friend Kirk Bell from Internet Friends. Uh, yes. He's a, he's a great car guy, um, uh, but he's cranky.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but the thing is, is if you talk to a cranky old guy, he's going to tell you that all cars look the same. Mm. But part of the reason now is that the hard points of a crossover and everything's a crossover mm-hmm. are kind of locked in place. Yeah. You need the you need the windshield to end someplace, mm-hmm. and and you have all these things like rollover protection, mm-hmm. and so the hard points of the, of the shape are kind of locked in on a crossover. Yeah. So you can't do as much as you used to be able to do, and this and this is what's going on with aerodynamics. Yeah. Arrow is arrow.
2: Arrow is arrow.
1: And and if you're going to follow, if you're a slave to aerodynamics, which improves fuel economy. Economy, yep, and seems to really improve range mm-hmm. on an electric vehicle. Things are going to look a little alike. Yeah, but this vehicle looks good for looking.
2: It, it looks like nothing else currently on no. the road. And so what? What I thought was really fascinating because you have the Ionic Five, which came out a couple of years ago, and uh-huh. then you have the Ionic Six, and coming soon is going to be the Ionic Seven. So yep. the Five was like a small crossover, right? Then you have the sedan, and then the um, Seven is going to be like a SUV type thing.
1: So there, there probably a two-row. Yeah, midsize two row probably because the nine yeah. is a three row. Yeah, and those these numbers will mean nothing to anyone,
2: nothing to anybody. And I, <laughs> you know, I think from from
1: Polestar is going to do this to I us know. too. Polestar one, Polestar two.
2: <laughs> I think the way Hyundai is going, the, at least this is what makes sense in my mind, is the odd numbers are SUV crossovers, and then the even numbers are going to be sedans. I think. Yeah. Well, That's there may be just, just the on one part. sedan. That's just, yeah, there may be. But, um, but so what I thought was really interesting is during the, the um, press information, they said specifically they did not want these vehicles to look alike. They're kind of like chess pieces is what they compared them to. And so like they, they didn't really want a family resemblance. They want them to be designed for the people that they are intending to buy these vehicles.
1: Which is funny because I was just at, at the Chevy website today. And Chevy has gone a long way to making things look the same. Yep. Right? The new Trax, which that snuck out on me. There's a brand new Trax, which is their subcompact crossover. Yep. But it looks like all the other Chevys. The design language is nice. They look like Chevys. Yep. But they want a family resemblance. And and Hyundai wants no part of that with its electric cars.
2: No, they really don't. And they, they even went to, I can't remember who exactly said it, but they, one of the executives said that having a family resemblance is lazy. Yeah. Huh. They called it lazy I, I was Is like what what
1: I mean there are places where it failed right yeah. do you remember the Jaguar X type yeah it was it was the compact yeah. it was based on a Ford it, yeah. it was not a very interesting car but but I think that trying to make that look like a Jaguar hurt them yeah because it looked silly
2: it it looked um cartoonish almost yeah. Um, but,
1: yeah.
2: but yeah. So you have this this new um, the Ionic Six, and so it's coming with a standard range and a long range battery. The standard range is only available in the base trim. Um, and rear wheel drive, I believe only. And then you have the all wheel drive that is, um, yeah, all wheel drive could be available with standard range, but then you're, um, at any rate, don't have yeah. the numbers in front of me. So then you have your long range battery, which is in the upper trims with all wheel drive and rear wheel drive.
1: So what is the range range?
2: Range range? <laughs> I, should,
1: I should have thought of it go, that more before I said it.
2: The range range? Yeah. It goes up to um, 361. That's I, solid. And I forget which, conf- I, I feel like it's a rear wheel drive, It's got to be rear
1: drive with the big battery. Configuration, yeah. um,
2: like mid-grade trim. Um, and, and with the small wheels. With, with the small wheels, because wheels, as we learned, make a difference in fuel economy and range. We
1: have to have this conversation someday. Mm-hmm. Why do people even bother with the big wheels if you're going to give up 20 miles of range? It seems crazy, and
2: pay more yeah. for the wheels. Exactly, um, exactly. Uh, but but yeah, so uh, really good range, um, nice vehicle, solid materials. Again, no family. The only family resemblance you're going to see in the Ionic line are the pixel, pixels, the pixel design. So um, little square dots that are throughout, like a design theme throughout the vehicle. You see it on the headlights, you see it on the taillights, oh. you see it. Um, there's four dots, four little pixel dots on the Is there a good the picture that heel.
1: demonstrates this? We should share this on Facebook. Yep,
2: absolutely. Okay. I, I, I sent you a whole bunch, um, and I have a whole bunch more. Um, if you check out my Instagram at Jill Simonello, I have like a series okay. of photos Pixels. posted with... Pixels, um, but here here's a fun fact. But okay. remember,
1: fun fact, because I just the fun ask fact. because I'm going to forget what I was going to ask you. The control system, the digital interface, and touchscreen; those are the same. Kind yes. of Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's okay. that's
2: the same as the okay. Ionic Five, and um, like a lot of the graphics that you see are similar to what you've seen in other like Hyundai vehicles.
1: Okay. Fun uh, fact, no?
2: though. So the fun fact. Fun fact. The four dots on the steering wheel is actually so you know they talked about not putting an H on the Steering wheel, but the four dots are actually Morse code for an H. So they did put an H what? on the steering wheel. It's just not an H. It's Morse dot, code. Dot,
1: dot, dot, dot is H?
2: Four dots is H.
1: I did not know that.
2: See, fun fact. Now you can like play trivia game and you know win. That's
1: really that weird. That should have been your bonus question Man, on the quiz today. if you had to today, figure that out, if you had to sit in a car and figure that out, and they wouldn't give you water until you figured it out, you would die.
2: Well, I wouldn't because one of my TikTok to- followers told me that like about a year ago. Really? They did. And, and now they've actually, you know, gone for it and made it public that, yes, it is in fact.
1: Social media people can be challenging.
2: They can be challenging. Like a
1: guy, like I just drove the, the CT4, Cadillac CT4. Yep. And, and I had driven the ATS, which was the car that preceded mm-hmm. it as the smallest Cadillac sedan. And I noted that this car was roomier. This Guy fired back in goodwill. He wasn't trying to challenge me. He was like, The dimensions are basically the same. How is it roomier? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs>
2: I just, it just I'm just a
1: really big guy. I'm just a really big guy, so I fit better in this. But I gotta look into it because I think like steering wheel probably moves further, seat probably comes back, goes down further, headliner's probably thinner. There's a lot less, of ways you yeah, can do that. Yeah, less
2: padding in the yeah, seats. a lot of
1: all ways of you can stuff. do that. Yeah, all right. So, uh, uh, fun to drive.
2: It is fun to drive. That's cool. I enjoyed it. I, unfortunately, it like poured buckets the entire time I was, was driving this, this vehicle. Uh, where were we? Ironically, we were in Phoenix. Phoenix. Where it never rains yeah. <laughs> except during the rainy season, which is not now. And it like was a deluge um, during... I, I feel like a rain cloud has been following me. It's rained everywhere I've been recently. While, while
1: you were getting rained on in Phoenix, <laughs> here in Illinois, uh-huh. I got an emergency weather update. Yep. Warning of 90 mile an hour winds. Yep. 90. Yep, in the Chicago area. Yep, ninety, crazy talk. That would they be didn't really, happen here, but they no. happen north of us. Like
2: strap me down yeah. because I'd blow away, kind of wind.
1: So, uh, Ionic Six, small. Uh, would you say it's smaller, midsize?
2: Um, I, mean, I would say it's midsize. It's it's about the size of a Hyundai Sonata.
1: And on sale when?
2: Um, imminently. Imminently. Yep. Soon. Yep.
1: But not everywhere, probably.
2: Uh, actually, I think it is. They, you know, they didn't specifically mention if it was going to be limited. In sales?
1: Yeah. The weird thing that. about Honda is I don't think every dealer sells the EVs, and I don't think they sell them in every state. But if you're listening to us, you're probably someplace near someplace that sells them.
2: <laughs> I know they sell them in Illinois. Because that's where the
1: population is. Yeah. yeah. In Nebraska, it's going to be tough.
2: Well, that's true. The, in Nebraska, where Tim Esterdahl is from.
1: So, uh, <laughs> different. There you go. Okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't. Way. I didn't
1: do that on purpose. I no. was just up late. Um, I may mention Nebraska again because I've got no other go tos today. Right. I'm okay. Tired. Um, um, our friend, a friend of ours from from Ford, reached out to us. Mm-hmm. Do you know what there's a shortage of?
2: Uh, good technicians. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. So Ford apparently putting aside some money. Yes. What do you know about that?
2: Um, all right. So we we have a, a little um, information to share with you. Uh, last month, Ford announced it is investing $1 million into a new scholarship program to support students pursuing careers as automotive technicians. Um, Obviously, couldn't come at a better time. Recent data shows there is an annual demand for more than 250,000 auto technicians, but less than 50,000 graduates each year. Do we
1: need a quarter of a million new techs every year? That's insane. Yes.
2: I'm That's gonna insane. say yes. But
1: you know what? I bet you right now, and I don't mean to interrupt your yeah. library here, but but there's probably a lot of attrition where guys are aging. They're you know, like, I don't want to do this E V thing.
2: Or this i um, you know computer thing, this software yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, there are probably people like mm, time for me to retire.
2: Yeah, because I mean a lot of computer or a lot of computer repair, a lot of vehicle repair these days is computer. Yeah, related. it's all
1: diagnostic, yeah.
2: Um so you know, with this um Ford Auto Tech Scholarship, it's funded by local dealers, and the for- uh, the Ford fund will be available to students in four markets. Chicago, uh, which is where we are, Uh Atlanta, (laughs) Phoenix, and Dallas, and the scholarship aims to reduce barriers to entry into the field by helping cover tuition and cost of attendance at dozens of post-secondary auto or auto and diesel technician training programs in these markets. Um, so I, I think this is a really fast, like I, I saw this over the weekend, I posted it to my LinkedIn page. Um, so, and I will post it to our, um, Facebook page as well, because this is, this isn't, you know, it's an amazing, interesting, important investment, um, in, in the industry. And, uh, I think, you know, we have to invest in an electrified future.
1: The thing about that too, is auto techs make more money than I think people know. It's, oh, a rea- yeah. it's a real living. It's a good living.
2: It, yeah. But it More is More than you make as a journalist. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put almost, that out there.
1: Almost certainly. I
2: was going to say probably triple. Almost triple certainly. what you make as a journalist. And now that I'm working
1: for myself, I'm, I'm a terrible boss and I <laughs> yeah. don't pay squat. Yeah. So working for myself sucks. <laughs> but, but I do remember that, that we had toured um, a particular training facility around here and, and they had uh, very impressive set up but the cost of the primary program to be an autotech a certified auto tech, was like 65k yeah so that's a barrier yeah so if you can get some money from Ford
2: yep and, and investing one million yeah, dollars
1: what was the, the where'd you go
2: um so it's the the website um to apply is www.techforce.org slash Ford fund underscore by underscore June underscore 30. So I'm thinking they're telling you you have to apply by June 30th with that URL.
1: Good thing this is a podcast because you can go back <laughs> and get, because we're not going to reread that. No, we are not. That's but, a lot of URL. But the,
2: yeah, we are, we are going to be posting the link to our Facebook page. We'll post it in the tech Oh, notes. good thing you
1: reminded me to do that. Yeah, yeah. Or you can do it.
2: Yeah, and I've got it posted on my face or there on my go. Instagram page. Or All right, so cool. Instagram, so Ford LinkedIn.
1: wants you to be a tech.
2: Yes. All right. And they're going to pay you to do it.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we talk to Tim Esterdahl of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. He's Jill's boss. Stick around. <laughs> Questions or comments?
0: Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com.
1: Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Car Stuff Podcast and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I'm darn glad you're sticking around today. Hey, Jill. Yeah, hey, yeah. What is it I do this time of day?
2: Uh, eat lunch?
1: Yeah, I should be. <laughs> I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> I don't want to sit here with a full stomach, so I haven't had lunch yet.
2: Oh, well, you know, I'm drinking a Haritos. There you go. Oh, yeah.
1: There's something else I usually do, at least this time of the show.
2: Oh, this time of the show. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, this is yeah. where you usually talk about yourself on Twitter.
1: That's right. I'm on Twitter, Jill. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I am car guy Tom. That is car underscore guy underscore tom on Twitter, uh, and I'm just darn fun to follow. Follow me on Twitter. You uh, make me happy.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, are you fun? I'm delightful. 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 But are you adorable? I'm charming. No. I'm adorable. I'm
1: not adorbs. <laughs> yeah, I don't meet the size requirements.
2: That, that would be true.
1: All right. Our guest today is the founder and the head honcho at Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, a website you should know about, and he got a YouTube channel. You guys have a YouTube channel, don't we,
2: you? We do. We have a big YouTube channel. Yeah.
1: That's actually a thing, right? It is a thing. That's the thing. Hey, Tim Esterdahl. How are you, sir? Doing good. How are you guys? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, happy to. So you're, into, you're not into cars, right? You're just into trucks. What's that about?
3: <laughs> Car. Car. <laughs> I, I think I know what those are.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, well, tell us about your website and tell us about your YouTube channel.
3: Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. We cover trucks and SUVs. <laughs> Imagine that. And so we uh, cover them in pretty pretty good details, trying to do some practical real-world stuff, uh, things that, you know, a typical truck or SUV owner would do. And then along with Jill, we park them in strange spots and strange parts of busy cities, or we park them in the fields. And I accidentally get, you know, use them hunting, and hip things happen with the back of trucks, I take hunting. So uh, we kind of cover the gamut between city and rural, and uh, we like to we deep dive trucks and interviews exclusively.
1: Now, cool. Are you trying to get tickets or, or notices to uh, not trespass, or how's that work?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I get uh, I get ample access out here in Nebraska. People don't really mind. As long as you leave the cows alone, come on down.
1: <laughs> so the 2023 calendar year is shaping up to be very interesting in the world of trucks, specifically pickup trucks. What is it you're looking forward to most?
3: Oh, this is the year of midsize for sure. I mean, everything's getting redone midsize. And, I you know, I'm really looking forward to see how the customers respond to these changes in the midsize. You know, it's historically mid-sized trucks come in different forms and different sizes, like as far as crew cab and like, the cab, marketer cab and long bed, short bed. And now we're getting very linear. It's crew cab, it's short bed, and it's main for off-roading.
1: I have noticed I, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're
3: really curious yeah, really to see what happens with fleet guys and just an ab- you know, average typical consumer and how they respond to it. But it's, it's a very interesting time, especially we have competition from the compact truck segment with the Hyundai Santa Cruz or the Ford Maverick. And then we have new super duties and heavy duties and the halftime market is still as hot as ever. So it seems like the mid-sized truck is facing a crunch from both sides. And it'll be interesting to see how these uh, brands evolve and what they come up with with these mid-sized trucks.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting. Tim, you said that everything is getting redone. Elaborate on that.
3: Uh, every brand except for, I, I guess you say, except for Nissan Frontier and Hyundai Ridgeline. Or Honda Ridgeline. I mean, we have a new Ford Ranger coming out this year. We'll have a new Toyota Tacoma out this year. The new Chevy Colorado is just now starting to hit a lot. Ah, uh, new GMC Canyon will be out later on next later on this month. and Did a lot, and so you know those are the, those are the four main players in the marketplace. Um, we have a little bit of Jeep Gladiator sales. Honda does okay with the sales, but really the, the you know the big brands are being redone. And you know the is the best-selling midsize truck. The Colorado Canyon aren't too far behind. The Ford Ranger's always been a really strong nameplate in that state, and that's going to have a new you know off-road variant as well. So we're We're pretty excited for mid-sized trucks. It's going to be really interesting to see how uh, those major brands, what they invest in, where they target their efforts, and where they see the customer base going.
1: Now, you say that Tacoma is being redone, and and this is interesting to me because it's really being redone, right? It's being <laughs> moved to new architecture. It's
2: not fake redone. <laughs> well, but
1: right. The last couple of updates have been fake redos. They, yeah. they, didn't, they updated the the infotainment a little bit, maybe the interior, but this is a vehicle that despite being older than my dad, <laughs> not really. Hi, Dad. Um, is is a vehicle that's still the best seller in the segment? Yeah, no, it's really a
3: funny thing. Uh, I was talking to Toyota engineers about this a couple of years ago, and every time a new competitor came in the marketplace with a new truck, Tacoma sales would grow. And it's like, what in the world? Like, like they expect sales to go down. With new competitor Jeep it comes out, it does go up. Nissan Frontier gets redone, so Tacoma sales go up. And so it's one of those trucks that just it seems like it's easy to criticize. But consumers love it. They love the reliability of it. They love the resale value. And it just continues to sell well in the marketplace. And this, yeah, this would be a whole new uh, ground-up redesign. Uh, similar to what they did back in 2015, 2016 uh-huh. model year, but they announced 2015. So, you know, and Toyota Toyota is notorious for making little tweaks. Like, And they'll do little things like, hey, we have new color this year. This Tacoma is <laughs> new with new color. They, they do great well, things, things with,
1: with Tacoma amazing, colors. They do great things yeah, with Tacoma I mean, colors.
3: Just, they're always playing up those little things. So this is... I, you know, this is uh, in a dictionary. You look up "deal," comma "big." This is it. Right here. <laughs> this is this is huge for marketplace.
1: Wait, what is that big deal? I'm going to look that up yeah um, <laughs> yeah. Look here, at him. here's my theory about the tacoma i think that there's every other mid-sized truck and there's the tacoma and that when they get redesigned more and more people who wanted a traditional old school beat it up on a rough path tow something kind of truck th- they go back to the tacoma mm-hmm. and, and i think that i have made fun of the tacoma largely because the interior is wonky and mm-hmm. because it's a really weird thing to fit in because it seems to be short from from the floor to the roof like it's a weird thing to sit in especially if you're big but that said it works really well it's great off-road uh it, it doesn't get good mileage but but other than that <laughs> i mean it's fundamentally such a good vehicle and people who have owned them love them
2: yeah the the people who own them are like cult-like yeah and very defensive if you say anything negative about yeah. their tacoma like you are in their crosshairs like look over your shoulder <laughs> They are crazy. Oh, they yeah.
1: are crazy, but but, and I'm wondering if if this is bad for Tacoma sales, like a complete redo.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they, they need to do it. And what I keep finding through the years of covering Toyota is that I think when they come out new truck, I'm going to be disappointed in it. It's kind of what I've decided. <laughs> uh, it seems they like Toyota always always leaves me a little bit, they, I, I always a little bit more. There's always a little bit more I want from it. I like it, but I just wish a little bit more here, a little bit more there, a little bit the thing here, little details. And then you'll see a comment online. People will dog it immediately. I, I, I see people dogging it. And by the end of the year, it'll still be the best-selling mid-size <laughs> chart. Yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: I think that's what's going to happen, too.
2: So, I mean, Tim, you and I, we've done a lot of articles about what we think we can expect on this Tacoma, and um, I I think uh, Toyota is just getting ready to start the barrage of teasers. We saw a couple of teasers come out last week, and I think we're going to start seeing more. But going back to some of the original articles that we've written, um, what what do you think that we are going to see with the 2024 Tacoma?
3: I think it's going to be a smaller version of the Tundra. Mm. It's going to have the same powertrain as the Tundra. I think it'll have the same kind of trim walk. And I think it's just going to be, like I said, a, a scaled-down version of the, the Tundra. Because it's interesting, you know, we think of Toyota as being the Tacoma or the Prius or the uh, Corolla or Camry. Oh, those are cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think of that brand <laughs> being that, that that way, but really the brand is led by the tundra they they put a lot of effort in the tundra they want that tundra to sell they know how big the full-size market is and so when they launched the tundra first in this iteration of changes they did the same thing back in 14 they launched the tundra first and needed the coma i think we're just going to see the same trickle down effect of design and interior interiors from the tundra to the coma
1: so what else do we have coming in the midsize segment
3: uh you know i, I think there's gonna be a lot of excitement coming up with the ford ranger mm-hmm. uh that was ford made a mistake and they made a mistake by killing it i think it was in 18 and 18 they killed the ranger when they brought it back as the global version they basically took the global version by the united states they had to change like windshield uh glass thickness they had to change the hazard button location i mean just a the small little things that allows them to sell it in the united states our uh our standards in the united states are different than they are globally and this will be the first time that the Ford Ranger has been redesigned just for the US market. Okay. Um, we've seen the global pictures of it, but I think they're going to really make it more of a US version. So they heard the criticism before. And so what, what I think was going to be exciting, though, is we're hearing whispers, we're hearing almost confirmation about a Ford Ranger Raptor coming to the United States, which we've seen they've had it globally. And so can you imagine this? By, by fall of this year, we, we're going to see all sorts of comparisons between the Colorado the 2 the gmc canyon eighty four x the ford ranger raptor and the toyota tacoma trd pro i mean mm-hmm. we're going to see those four trucks together are going to be very competitive and it's that it's that customer who wants to you know go off road but doesn't want the big full-size truck because that's the trails or whatever i mean and they want that smaller truck fits in the garage you know garageability is massive in mid-size trucks you know when you look at the numbers look at through the economy look at stuff mid-size trucks really don't make sense on paper from a what you're buying the truck for i mean you can get a lot more truck for less money with a full-size truck, uh-huh. and the fuel economy is about the same. But it's a garage building mm-hmm. parking in downtown spaces, and it's about the idea of leaving town and going playing in the, the dirt for the weekend. And and those mid-size, uh, off-road-oriented trucks have just grown in massive popularity. And I, I, I'm anticipating that we're going to see the car drivers, the motor trends, the big outlets of the world doing a four-truck comparison.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: All of those I can see the cover For now. Sure. Yeah.
1: Tell yeah. You.
2: With all the fun colors and, yeah. like, the, the skilled oh, yeah. colored trucks. in the trucks, desert, yeah. like
1: a big, big, yeah, that'll be yeah. great.
3: I mean, we talk about, you know, truck pricing getting higher and higher and things getting more expensive. I mean, those off-road variants are all 50-plus, yep. at least. And the AT4X Edition 1 was, like, 63000 so I, you know, and it's interesting because there's little to no crossover anymore between a mid size customer and a full-size customer. They've just become different customers, which is just fascinating because that's not the way it used to be. But yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to see that for sure. And it's going to be very exciting. And I think it's going to be uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I anticipate Jill and I will be packing boots and <laughs> jeans a lot this fall because I think we'll be doing all sorts of rock crawling and climbing and multi-day adventures in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah areas to show off these truck buildings. Heck
1: yeah. Sounds like fun. Tim, I want to get to the GMs, but I wanted to ask you about something you said about the Ranger. You had said that Ford had made a mistake and that they had gone with the global truck for the U.S. market. What were the deficiencies of that vehicle that Americans didn't like?
3: Well, I should expand on that. They made a the mistake by killing the Ranger off the United States.
1: Oh, okay. They had, they Originally.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they had, they had, they thought that commercial operations were going to go ahead and just step up the F fifty because uh-huh. again on paper, for for a commercial operation, why not go with F fifty? It's you more do- you need a bigger truck for the dollar, it's staying for the economy. And what they found was that the brand that those commercial operations didn't want to. A great example was um, Orkin. They're the, the bug spray kind of people, and they went and bought like forty thousand Tacomas the first year that the Ford Ranger was killed. Because they don't, the the people that they had working for them couldn't reach over the side of the bed easily and get supplies out to be able to spray for what their job, what their needs were. And so it just was a situation where the full size truck just doesn't work because it's gotten so big. And that's where Ford made the mistake, which is so fascinating now to flash forward now three years, three or four years from now and think that that fleet customer is going to get screwed again because that crew cab (laughs) short bed truck is going to be the standard again. Yeah. It's gonna be the off all the offload version. And so it's like it's just it's a head scratcher for these fleets that, you know, for example, you know, if you're if you're a small landscaping operation, you can tow some lawnmowers behind a mid sized truck. Sure. If you're Orkin, if you're if you're true green, if you spray, if you you know, there's a lot of variety of small businesses that can use small, mid sized trucks and they're just getting pushed into the full size truck market because of lack of availability of the vehicles they want. But the Ford Ranger, uh when they brought it back to the United States, it just Frankly, the efficiency was all of it. <laughs> it just wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. It just, it just. There's nothing about it. The interior wasn't amazing. It doesn't. They only have three trim levels. They didn't have any off-road variant at all. Really, uh, they didn't have many powertrain choices. The powertrain was kind of lackluster. They didn't. It just didn't do anything really well. And I think that was their biggest deficiency um, with that truck.
1: Tim, from a marketing perspective, do you think the fact that the Ranger was four-cylinder only was a problem?
3: um it's a very interesting question it's, it's great you bring that up because we're having some massive debates online about four cylinders you know the, the reality is everything is going turbocharged and when you go a turbocharged smallest displacement engine you don't need additional cylinders four is fine yeah. Six, you actually don't get that much more benefit from and so with a small turbocharged engine when you it, you know it's almost like you can take the cylinder number and toss it because it doesn't equate to what that performance is it used to be Four-cylinder engines—they just slap the turbo on, bolt them on. There you go. It's better, yay! yay <laughs> you know, but now, you but know, now like in good. In this case, they're designing. Yeah, they're designing the entire engine around the turbo. The turbo is, is the engine. Like you know, even the chief engineer is like, I don't, I don't really call it four-cylinder. I don't really care how many cylinders. That's this is a turbocharged engine. And what we're seeing there, though, the problem that we're seeing is that we're getting less emissions from grams per mile. So the emissions number is the grams per mile, uh-huh. CO2 emitted. And in smaller displacement engines, we see less grams of CO2 emitted per mile. We see better torque curve, because we have more performance up because the torque curve of a turbocharged engine is better. But we don't see better fuel economy, which is just fascinating. So for example, that we just ran a story, the 22 Chevy Colorado and the V6, has better fuel economy than the 27 turbo and the 2023 Chevy Colorado yeah, and so I, you know used to that. be I, I mean you, yeah you remember back Tom you know when we were in our younger days you used to go get a mid-sized truck because it was smaller it was more fuel efficient and it was cheaper I mean that was always the, that was always why they sold and now the mid-size truck is into the economy as a full-size truck it's not really, it is cheaper it's about ten thousand dollars cheaper it's not when you start looking at you know what you can get for the dollar, how much bigger, the, how much more your dollar goes with a full-size truck, and, and it's you know it's, it's not any that much smaller. Like my 1962 Chevy C10, which is a full-size truck in 1962, <laughs> is now smaller than a crew cab
1: car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trucks got huge. Tim, you had mentioned the uh, the 2.7 liter <laughs> engine in the Chevy and the Chevy and GMC. For people who don't know, right, Chevy and GMC are going only four-cylinder. Uh, now, yes, and, and uh, just different versions of that engine, correct?
3: Yeah, so they did a very interesting thing. <laughs> and uh, Or weird. Have, I'm going to call it 2. weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's weird. It's, what, it's, it's a 2.7 liter turbocharged engine. It is a four-cylinder, but it's a turbo. And what they've done with this is they've come up with basically three different varieties. The first variety is a detuned kind of version for commercial operations, which is interesting. They only offer a crew cab version of this the fleet version anyways. Uh-huh. And so this actually doesn't have this doesn't have the same hardware that the consumer version has. So you can't actually tune that any differently. Oh. Like the consumer version we have a turbo high output we have a turbo plus and a turbo high output. And I gotta remember the torque numbers off the top of my head, but That's those right. two versions can be tuned differently. So you can go buy the turbo plus, go down to your dealer, fork over I think, five hundred bucks, and then all of a sudden get more horsepower and torque. I mean, a, and so it's a, it's an interesting, it's very interesting.
1: There's a, a story about that engine too. That that Cadillac uses that engine, even though if you read Chevy literature, they keep referring to it as a truck engine. There's a version of that in a Cadillac yeah. CT4, uh, in which I I recently drove and got terrible mileage. <laughs> so yeah,
3: you know I I've had, I've had a lot of struggles with small displacement V6 engines, but give me a naturally aspirated V6 or a naturally aspirated V8, I can usually get pretty close to the EPA fuel economy. If you give me a small displacement engine, I struggle. I really struggle to get even close to that number. Uh, for example, I took the Lexus, uh, the Lexus RX, the new Lexus RX 2.4 liter turbo, mm-hmm. and I did a 100 mile drive, highway only. I got about 19, 19, well, right about 20 miles per gallon, 19.9, 20 miles per gallon, and the EPA number was
1: 28. I am driving that vehicle right now, <laughs> and I got about 20.1 this week. <laughs> So there you have it. it yeah, we have not run point. out of time, but we thank you for joining us. Remind us how we can follow your stuff.
3: Sure. I made it as easy as I could. So <laughs> three words, pickuptrucktalk.com. Excellent. And you can find us all over. Social media is all the same, talk.com. The Plus SUV is, is searchable and it's findable on YouTube, but I made everything you – know, the, 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 these outlets don't like the Plus. <laughs> so everything pickup truck talk.
1: <laughs> but it's all great stuff and it was an honor to have you on the show a lot going on we should have you on later in the year to talk about this some more yeah
3: that'd
1: be great awesome that is tim esterdahl with pickup truck plus SUV talk we're going to take a break and when we come back it's quiz time
0: questions or comments drop us a line at car stuff at consumerguide.com that's car at consumerguide.com Welcome back to the Car
1: Stuff podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast, and we are live here on Talk Zone. Jill, how's it going?
2: Uh, it's going well.
1: Jill, you um, what is that called? Social media?
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. There's, an, I, I, always walk up to this tentatively because uh, there's a lot for you to share.
2: Yeah, you're you're only on Twitter. I'm already
1: stepping back.
2: You're you're only on Twitter, but yeah. I am on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. Post.
1: I don't know what TikTok,
2: LinkedIn. Post is
1: high fiber cereal.
2: I'm on all of the things. <laughs> how, how, how can people follow you, Jill? <laughs> uh, I tried to make it somewhat easy, even though my name is difficult. Uh, so it's just my name, Jill yeah, it's Simonello. It's your name that's difficult. It's my name that's yeah. difficult. So yeah, it's that's uh, the difficult part. C I M I N I L L O. And we were going to come up with a jingle for that. We just haven't yet. <laughs> um, but Jill Simonello on all of the things. And then I use the hashtag car du jour. That's probably a little bit easier
1: uh-huh. to find. <laughs> All right. So people can follow you if they're of,
2: of the mind. If they are of if the mind. If they are so inclined. And I actually like to communicate with people. So if you ask me a question or, um, you know, make a comment that requires a reply, I actually try to reply. You
1: see, I don't. I don't like people.
2: I know. You I know. Don't. That's why you're on Twitter.
1: <laughs> you're going to be back on Twitter because they're going to shut down uh, TikTok. Uh,
2: or I'm going to be doing YouTube Reel, YouTube Shorts or Instagram Reels.
1: YouTube seems ready. Like they're forcing the shorts really early. If you just do a search on YouTube for anything, it's like you get two rows Mm -hmm. of regular length videos, whatever they are. And then, and then. I think it's two rows of shorts, and then they come up again.
2: Yeah. So and, they're ready. And I have been posting some of my TikToks to YouTube as shorts. Um, so Jill Simonello also, and the uh-huh. channel name is Cardajore. Oh,
1: there you um, go. So
2: see, some little redundancies there. But uh, but That's yeah, so if, if you're not on TikTok, you can also find some of my video stuff on YouTube.
1: Yeah. I don't have time for Twitter. <laughs> but I like Twitter. I, like, I really like the, the people that follow me and talking to them.
2: So okay.
1: it's fun. Jill, you know what time it is?
2: Um, Do you want the actual time, or do you want the uh, nebulous uh, quiz time time?
1: Nothing nebulous about it, but it is quiz quiz time. time. And you haven't done a quiz in a while.
2: No, at least not on the air.
1: Yeah, so here you go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's quiz time. Today's topic is... Chevy exclamation point.
2: Ooh, because it deserves an exclamation point.
1: Yep. Five questions and a bonus point, a uh, bonus question.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, the rule is if you get three, you've won. Ooh. Did we decide if you get two plus the bonus question? Is that a victory?
2: We've not made that decision, I don't think. I think yes. Okay.
1: It adds some tension.
2: I'll, I'll go for it because okay. I can usually make a guess on the final question. Yeah. Sometimes right. get it.
1: <laughs> All right. Today's topic did I mention, is Chevy.
2: Chevy exclamation, exclamation point.
1: Exclamation point.
2: Make so, a statement without saying a word.
1: Louis Chevrolet, okay, French guy, mm-hmm. co-founded Chevrolet in what year? That would be Louis Chevrolet, the guy, co-founded the car company Chevrolet Okay, in what year? I have some options for you. Are you ready? Yep. 1706, hm. 1911,
2: 1942, or 2007? Uh, I'm going to say 1911.
1: You are Correct.
2: Uh, okay You're yay. on the board Woohoo I'm on the board
1: My favorite thing to say I can't say this week
2: <laughs> I'm not I have zero points Jill you have no points uh, Did you catch my little reference With the exclamation point there At the beginning though When I said make a statement Without saying a word No uh, Once upon a time There used to be a perfume And it was like an exclamation point And their tagline was You know Make a statement without saying a word Oh dear I'll be. I'll be curious to see If anybody remembers that reference
1: I don't remember that. It was yeah. like a terrible commercial. That had to be a TV commercial.
2: It, it was a TV yeah. commercial. I feel like there were a lot of polka dots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then that, this is like the first time we've gotten seriously off track today. Yeah, well, you yeah. know. But I figured
2: I, you needed some time padded into the quiz. Deprived.
1: All right, Jill, uh, second question. Okay, You already two. have one point. Yep. Joe, what is the base base price with destination of a Chevrolet Trax? Mm. This would be... Base base so one LT front wheel drive. Okay. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Nineteen thousand six. I'm sorry. 19965,
2: 21495, Twenty four thousand three hundred five. Or eighty three thousand two ninety five. I feel like it has to be in the twenty thousand dollar range. So either the first two would be my first guess. Uh huh. Um. I don't know that it's under $20,000, so you said twenty one. dollars 21495 That That's going to be my guess.
1: You are correct. Uh-huh. You're on a roll. You've won two already. The only way to fail this now would be to fail spectacularly.
2: Well, I do that well, actually. <laughs> that's the only way to fail.
1: It is. It is. Yeah, go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Jill, which weighs more, a base Corvette or an all-wheel drive Equinox?
2: And you're talking current generation mid-engine? Current generation,
1: yeah. T- these are actually 2023s.
2: So you're saying base Corvette or
1: Base Corvette or basically a Chevy Equinox base but with all-wheel drive.
2: I'm going to say the Corvette.
1: No, but it's close. Mm. The Corvette's 33250, 3- the Equinox
2: is 3465. No point. Oh. Womp womp.
1: All right. Chill. Hmm. Chill the the Camaro you're familiar with the Camaro
2: I'm kind of familiar with the Camaro
1: our good friend from a collectible automobile magazine John Beale Mm -hmm. just bought a Camaro oh wow hasn't taken delivery yet okay so just saying that
2: doesn't sound very collectible it's it's been
1: in my in my friend circle of friends it's been topical okay Jill does the four-cylinder Camaro hit 30 miles per gallon on the highway yes or no
2: Mm, after we just had the conversation about four cylinder uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Chevrolet.
1: And this is a small turbo.
2: Oh. Uh,
1: this is per the EPA. I'm
2: going to say yes. Not per
1: Tim Esterdahl and his lead foot.
2: Yeah. Yes. You're going to say yes. yes? You are correct. Woohoo! I you, win. You
1: win. You've got three <laughs> points.
2: But we're going to do the other ones just for giggles. We're right? going to
1: do them for giggles. Are you ready? I'm ready. Jill, counting the Bolt as one vehicle <laughs> and not counting commercial vehicles. And not counting the upcoming 2024 EVs, of which there are many. How many models does Chevrolet, Chevrolet currently have in showrooms? Are you ready? Okay. I'm not going to give you time to count. Okay. 9, 11, 14, or 73?
2: I'm going to guess it's not 73. Okay. Um, I'll cross that off for you. Cross that off for me. Um, and you, you're just talking Chevrolet, No, so yep. not General Motors yep. in total. Mm-hmm. And what were the first three again? 9,
1: 11, or 14.
2: I must say, fourteen.
1: It is fourteen. Woo. I thought it was higher. I would have thought it was higher. But they break the bolt into bolt and bolt EUV. Right. And there's a bunch of heavy-duty products, but it's Colorado, Silverado, Silverado HD, Malibu Bolt, Trax, Trailblazer, Equinox, Blazer, Traverse, Tahoe, Suburban, Camaro, Corvette.
2: Uh, yeah. So the Malibu, the one that we always forget. Yeah. <laughs> they still make it.
1: Sam Fiorani uh, would point out that if I'd forgotten it. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Sam, they still make the Malibu. I don't know if he knew that.
2: I, I don't I don't think he did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that many people know they still make the Malibu.
1: Okay. We always go to the bonus question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always closely related to the topic at hand.
2: Closely. Very closely yeah. related. Because it'll have an exclamation point after it.
1: It's sort of <laughs> it's sort of related to your jaritos. Oh okay. not really. Jill. Jill, in nineteen eighty two, the makers of Seven Up Then Philip Morris decided to enter the cola market with a huge ad campaign featuring Tim Conway of Carol Burnett fame to launch the product. The new cola brand even sponsored the 1983 NASCAR season. For a bunch of reasons, the new cola beverage flopped monstrously and was dropped in 1985. Jill, what was the name of this upstart cola brand?
2: Uh, I have no idea.
1: Would you like me to read a list?
2: Uh, Yeah, please read a list. Maybe something will ring a bell. Four
1: choices. Are you ready? All right. All right. Alive. Like, burst, or Uncle Blippi's Cola Supreme?
2: I really want it to be Uncle Blippi's Cola I do Supreme. Too. <laughs> I really
1: wanted that to be a.
2: Um, so, what uh, you said, alive,
1: alive, like, or burst? Upstart Cola brand. None of those. Major, major
2: ad n- campaign. None of those ring any kind of a really? bell. Not even a single so one. So, you're
1: probably just, just young enough to not have, to have missed that. Also, do you yeah. know who Tim Conway is? No. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'm like, no.
1: It was a big deal then. I,
2: I do know the Carol Burnett show, though, reruns. So, okay. Well, Tim um, Conway, big yeah. part of that. Uh, could not pick him out of a lineup, though.
1: Okay. Um, he was also Dorf in Dorf on Golf. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm like, never even heard We're of that We're running
1: out of time here. Don't okay, worry about okay, Dorf.
2: Okay. 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 Um, so you said Alive. Read re, one more time.
1: Sure. A lot. Alive. Alive. <laughs> Oh, I like that this is how we spend our time. Alive, like, or burst?
2: I'm going to go with alive.
1: It was like. Like Cola. Yeah. I'll send um, you... You know like, what? Like,
2: you know, we like w- totally Valley Girl-like. Totally makes sense I that it was like.
1: One of the problems, apart from the fact that Coke and Pepsi already owned the world... Right. ...was that they were advertised as low caffeine. Like, what?
2: Who wants low caffeine?
1: No one. Do you hear this? It's a giant diet Pepsi. <laughs> Full caffeine.
2: Full of caffeine. I did have decaffeinated coffee this morning. Although I was I'm doing not gonna lie.
1: QuickBooks until 2.30 this morning. Oh, Jill. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, uh, f- Was it, four plus the bonus question? Yeah. All right. I'm signing this. I like, Look, signature. oh, you
2: even put a signature on the, oh. Uh. There
1: you go. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: That is impressive.
1: All right. Uh, as we've demonstrated earlier this month or last month, I'm really bad at clock management, but we have a couple of minutes.
2: We do have a couple Tell of minutes. Tell us
1: what you're working on and what's coming up.
2: Um, well, you know, one thing we talked about offline that uh, we would like to go more in depth on, so hoping we'll get a guest on this, but I wrote a story um, this weekend about the fact that General Motors is going to be doing away with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and starting with the 2024 Chevrolet Blazer EV.
1: This is why I never bothered to use those.
2: I love them, and I think that – but, I mean, so here's the thing. We started doing Apple CarPlay and Android Auto to get rid of driver distraction, which, by the way, um, the yes. uh, April is yes. the driver distraction awareness month. I know I stayed that the incorrectly. Well, the timing of
1: this is terrible. It is
2: completely horrible. Um, but, but what is it uh, they
1: want us to use instead?
2: Their own system. They yeah. want. They're going to create a Google powered system, and it is. Um, they say it's going to be awesome. But was Entune awesome? Does anybody remember Toyota Entune? That was the last thing from awesome. It was horrible.
1: Had you not mentioned Entune, I would have never thought about it again.
2: Oh yeah, it was so horrible. But all of the native systems that we had before uh-huh. Apple CarPlay, where they wanted you to like use their in car. Stuff. I was going to use another word that was not probably safe for radio, but um, their stuff, um, they were all horrible. They were all horrible.
1: I use them. Hideous. Here's the problem. I use them badly.
2: Yeah, but So it, yeah, I, I
1: Bluetooth Connect, and I'm super into music. You know this. I yeah. listen to music in the car all the time when I should be working or listening to podcasts like this <laughs> one. This is an excellent podcast to listen to in the car. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. should do it. Mm-hmm. But I listen to music also. <laughs> <laughs> and and the problem is that with the native systems, voice control, voice command never finds no. my stuff. So I'm breaking the law at stoplights trying to find another song or another album mm-hmm, by picking up my phone and playing with it. And I, I'm not texting.
2: I see a lot more of that in the future. Uh, or, yeah. you know, like w- I, the my husband has, even though he has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in his car, he has a magnet on his dash with a magnet on the back of his phone. Uh-huh. And he has his phone stuck to his dash. I, I see people doing like going retro and doing more of that stuff in i the see future.
1: that so here, here's the thing we're running out of time but but one of the the conspiracy theories out there is that General Motors just wants a freer at wants freer access to people's data.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay. And it's a money grab. They yeah. because they're going to like they'll give it to you for free for eight years, but then they're going to charge you exorbitant costs for updating maps and, you know, using all of like Google Assistant, Google Maps, all that stuff. This is
1: part of it too because every manufacturer is trying to figure out how to make money with subscription services. Yep. They sell you the car, you make the payments, they never make more money, but if they can charge you for subscription services, Yep. Like, like, like high-feature navigation or, or this, mm-hmm. which is crazy talk, yep. um, and satellite radio, of course, but that doesn't go to the no. car maker. It goes to XM Satellite.
2: Yep. So money grab and uh, data.
1: Yeah. I wrote a review. You and I just talked about it during the commercial break of the Cadillac CT4 Premium Luxury. Yes. Which is a small sedan. Yes. You remember small sedans. I do. This car is really good.
2: I liked it. I've driven it as well.
1: We, we don't say this often enough about Cadillac products. This car is really good. It's fun yep. to drive. It is surprisingly affordable if you don't go with the, uh, um, the Super Cruise system. Yeah. Because Super Cruise is bundled into a very expensive package.
2: It's like $12,000 or something like it's that? It's
1: about eight grand. Yeah, okay. But it's a lot of money. It's a surprising amount of money. Yeah. So if you don't do that, this car can come in under forty, and it's likable.
2: It It is incredibly likable. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised when I drove it because I had driven the Cadillac CT4 Blackwing uh-huh. and loved that. And I was like, there's no way I can love this base, boring, blah, Cadillac CT4. And I did.
1: No, it's great. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Guess what we did?
2: Um, we talked too much.
1: We did. Well, you did.
2: No, you did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good to have you back in the studio, Jill. Yay, it's good All to be right. back. All right. Thanks to Tim Esterdahl of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. We're going to have him on later in the year. Thanks to Jill Simonillo and producer Randy and the good folks here at Talk Zone Radio Network. We are live every week at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Chicago Time, and 3 p.m. in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. All right. <laughs> Miss the show? Download the podcast anywhere. Uh, that's the stuff. Let's talk more, uh, more about cars again. Next week. Next week.
0: Remember to check us out at ConsumerGuide.com.
1: The Car Stuff podcast
0: is produced by JTURN Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at Car at ConsumerGuide.com.